Blog Talk Radio. The Hollywood Boulevard Podcast, hosted by Jonathan Moody and Donnie Sturgis. What's up, Hollywood Boulevarders? Um, hey, everybody. Your host, most Jonathan Moody, and I'm here with my awesome co-host, Donnie Sturgis. How are you doing, Donnie? I'm doing good. How you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. Unfortunately, Alfred could not make it this uh, this month. However. He does send his condolences as we are going to be doing Terry Gilliam today. And so next month, I think we've got the Planet of the Apes like we wanted to. And uh, Donnie yep. will be doing that one uh, with yes, us. Sir. So that'll be awesome. Um, but, and it also gives me some chance to actually go collect some more, you know, do some more research. I was a slacker this this month and was not able to do much research on Planet of the Apes. Because I'm not an aper, you know, I'm not a fan as much. But I wanna, I wanna <laughs> just like start buying some of those and watching them, you know, having them in my collection. Oh. Yeah, I'm a huge fan but, of the uh, series. I have been since I was a kid. So. Oh, there you go. That'll be awesome. Um, you guys for sure will be able to talk about some good stuff. But um, anyway, we're gonna be talking about Terry Gilliam, who uh. I discovered, obviously, through where most people probably discovered them, with uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail was right. like my kind of my gateway into like British craziness. Um, and then I realized he had directed uh, one of my favorite like children's movies, which is well, I mean, I feel like it was children's movies, not, but to me it was uh, Adventures of a, a Bear Mountain, which I always remembered mm-hmm. as like such a wacky movie when I was a kid. Um, and, uh, and then all the other movies he's directed and we'll probably get right into that. Uh, Donnie, I know you're a really big, uh, Terry Gilliam fan. Where did you first discover him? You know, it's funny. I, um, I didn't really discover Monty Python until college. Um, well actually, uh, late high school, like my, my junior, senior high school and then college. Uh, but I had seen time bandits like a million times as a kid, like right around the age of like 10 or 11. Uh, Cause he used to be on cable all the time. And so I, I didn't know it at the time, but my first introduction to Terry Gilliam was through time bandits. Uh, and then eventually, you know, I, I, I saw adventures of Baron Munchausen, um, you know, and, I, and I've, I've kept up with most of his films. I think there might be, I think there might be two of his movies that I haven't seen. Um, actually, no. Oh yeah. I haven't seen Tideland. Um, Tideland is the is the one of his films that I haven't seen, but I've seen everything else that he's done, and I I absolutely love his visual style. I love his uh, I, I love his themes. Um, I love his off kilterness. You know, it's funny because he's like, you know, he's the one uh, Monty Pythoner that's not British. You know, he's born in Minnesota, and so, um, but he but he has that same mentality. Like he he definitely brings a lot to the table. Uh, when it comes to just the pythons and to filmmaking, you know, in general. So, but um, to take a long story short, too late. 
Um, that's, uh, but yeah, that's how I was introduced to Terry Gilliam, uh, basically as a child watching Time Bandits, which I love that movie to death. So. Yeah, no, I, uh, it's really funny that you say that because, okay. So when I was a kid, uh, there was this, there was this guy and he was a little, little off, you know, I think he had some kind of, um, autism issue, right? He was older than everybody, right. but he like hung out with like the kids cause he kind of had that mentality. Mm-hmm. And so sure. he uh, he would always invite me over to, like, borrow movies because he had, like, a huge collection. So he let me borrow, like, VHSs. And uh, he mm-hmm. had a uh, copy of Time Bandit on uh, video cassette. And I remember it. Like, I always remember looking at that name going, that sounds weird, and then going to other things, you know? Like, I had right. no interest in it because – I didn't see the cover. I didn't know what it was about. It sounded like, you know, not something like for a kid. I don't know. It didn't sound like it's something I'd be interested in. If I'd seen it on TV, I probably would have been interested in it. But unfortunately, I did not. So there you go. Um, but yeah. Um, so uh, I guess, yeah. So Time Bandits, I watched just sort of recently uh, buying the Criterion uh, when they had their Criterion sales. At Barnes and Noble, mm-hmm. um, so yep. many people had said Time Bandits was wonderful, and I wanted to get all the wacky uh, Terry Gilliam films anyway, and so I bought uh, was it I bought Time Bandit and uh, watched it, and I absolutely loved it. Like it's so weird and so out there, you know. Yeah, and, it's really uh, good. And you said it was a part of a trilogy, so can we uh, let's talk about that? Listeners. Was that? Un- unofficially, like it's it's not like an official trilogy. It's it's uh basically um it, it's Terry Gilliam uh, Terry Gilliam's film style, basically in general, like the themes that he works with. All of his movies are pretty much about the same kind of thing. It's all about human imagination, trying to uh, escapism, um, you know, trying to uh, you know. Uh, what he uh, uh, the term he coined was uh, magic realism, uh, basically combining magic and reality and, and and kind of blurring the line between the two. Um, and basically, um, he did um, he did Time Bandits first, and Time Bandits was basically uh, a movie that was told from the perspective of a child, and it was basically all about how this child is trying to. Uh, escape reality through the through through his imagination through through the use of magic and stuff like that, um, and then uh, and then of course a few years later, uh, and like, like I said, it wasn't it wasn't intentionally made to be a trilogy, but over time through the you know through the cult fan process, it has been, it's been referred to as a trilogy. Uh, but the second film, Brazil, uh, same concept but different execution, uh, but this time it's through the eyes of a man like middle aged, like in his thirties. Um, or, or early 40s, same thing. It's about a man trying to grip, take, you know, trying to um, come to grips with his reality and, and and how he's unhappy with it, and trying to escape through the, you know, through the use of imagination, through the use of of, of quote unquote magic. Um, and then, of course, a couple years after that, uh, Terry Gilliam did it one more time uh, with uh, uh, the Adventures of Baron Munchausen, and uh, same thing, same kind, same basic concept. Uh, different execution, but this time through the eyes of an older person, you know, basically somebody at the at the twilight of their years, uh, somebody who basically 
uh, blurs the the the, the idea, or the concepts of reality and, and imagination uh, as he tries to uh, escape from the reality that he's growing old and, and everything and trying to recapture his youth through his imagination and everything. And so over time, it's just it, because the three share the same kind of theme and they're done from a different walk of life, they've all been uh, basically lumped together um, uh, basically as a uh, – as a, as an unofficial trilogy. Um, but I, you know, it's funny. I, uh, I love both. Um, uh, I love both. I love both, uh, time bandits and adventures of Aaron Munchausen. I don't really care for Brazil. I really, really don't. I want to no. like, I like, I, I like what it. uh, I, I like some of the some of the ideas and some of the you know some of the themes that it presents. I just I don't know. I, there's just something about the movie itself that I just I don't know. I just can't I just can't get into it. Um, uh, and 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 th- that said, um, I have seen both the theatrical uh, ending, the happy ending, quote unquote, and the uh, the original uh, Dower ending, and I will say that of the two, I, I, I appreciate the Dower ending version better because it makes more sense uh, based on the rest of the um, the rest of the film. The happy ending makes no sense whatsoever because it, it basically all of a sudden everything like you, you're suddenly like in this. You, you clearly realize that it's, that, that this is, there's unreality happening at this point. Like you've you've gone from the real to the surreal, and and it's just a huge weird jump. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think the God, I can't remember what the name of the. I just I just told you about it the other day. Um, uh, but it's like the Imagination Trilogy, I think is what it's called. Um, but uh, but it's it's interesting because it's I, I I own all three movies and I don't I don't have a problem with owning all three. I I wouldn't I, they you know they belong together. Uh, it's one of those things where maybe if I'm a little older, I don't know. Um, maybe I just didn't watch it at the right time because I didn't I didn't see Brazil probably until like last year uh, for the first time. I'd always, I'd seen Time Bandits and I'd seen um, uh, Baron Munchausen a million times growing up, but I didn't, and maybe I just, maybe I should have seen it like 10 years ago. Maybe it would have resonated yeah. with me a little bit differently. I would have been a bit of a, in a better mode or something, but, um, but yeah, at this point I'm rambling. So <laughs> take the conversation no, uh, back yeah, for me. Think, no, I think that's great. Um, because I think you might be right. Maybe before you might've liked it more, but also, that goes to say that, like, maybe in a couple of years, you might respect it a little bit more. Sure. Like, there may be something right. you see. And that's the great thing about a Terry Gilliam film is, like, um, I don't think you have to I, – I I think when you see it, you might see something different each time you see one of his movies and everything. Um, his movies aren't made – you know, they're not, like, Ghostbusters or they're not, like, right. you know, those kind of things. Like, they are – you know, anything, right? Um, so it's like you can watch, uh, what is it, uh, a Terry Gilliam movie now, but maybe in 10 years you may not like uh, a certain movie or something of his. Or you right. might like it, you know. You never know because his stuff either grows on you or you just might be like, right. yeah, I'm just not in the mood for it. Uh, Brazil, however, for me, uh, just like you, I just watched that just a few days ago, as I said, and I even messaged you going, oh, I'm going to tell Donnie, right. Donnie's going to be like, Hollywood Boulevard podcast uh, card not accepted anymore. Like, hand it back in. No, uh, I actually yeah. agree with you. 
in, oh, right. in, in a, and I, I didn't know like other people felt that way because so many people I know said you got to see Brazil, you got to see Brazil. It's amazing. So it's really nice to too and refreshing to see people that did they agree because like you know it's it's got some great visuals, you know, um, and and everything. But that's to me that's all it is. It's it's a vid it's visuals with very small substance. Like there's some great stuff. Like Robert De Niro is. Awesome, and I actually wish oh my he had God. more. He's one of the, of the best parts. parts of that movie. Yeah, yeah. I wish he had he had more stuff. You know, unfortunately, they didn't. I feel like I, I feel like for the movie that's like almost three hours long, that they should yeah. have um, given him more work. You know. Sure, um, sure. But you know, whatever. I mean, it was it was still he did a, he did a wonderful job. Um, I. Like he sets the whole thing in motion, basically. It's because of his sure. name that got mixed up, that got everything going. Um, but like all in all, you know, the best part about that movie is Jonathan Price. Honestly, he was. Oh yeah. He just he, absolutely. He was. I mean, for somebody who had to lead the movie, I've never really seen him lead that many movies. You know, mm-hmm. um, he's usually like a, a supporting star, you know, and stuff. And for True. him to be the lead and just wonderful wonderful like i just want to see him in more films and he was also in the two killed don quixote he was he was he was uh he was the the actor who played don quixote and goes nuts um he's also he he actually uh, he's he's actually done a a number of of leading roles but not in like more like he was the main villain in um uh um oh shit what the hell it's a disney movie um uh uh, something wicked this way comes. Um, oh, nice. He was, was like also the, the villain. Or yeah, he was. Yeah, he was the evil. The the the, the evil uh, Mister Dark or Man in Black or whatever the hell his name is. He was the one that was granting the wishes, and he had a beard. Um, played a yeah. really great villain. Actually, he also played a villain in Haunted Honeymoon, uh, the comedy with Gene Wilder and. Um, um, oh shit! Why am I blanking on names today? Uh, Dom DeLuise. Uh, where basically it's 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 like an old time like like murder mystery kind of thing, but it's funny. Uh, he plays the villain in that as well, which is really really good. So I mean he and, and there's been a couple other things too. Like I've seen he was oh he had um funny he was uh, he was in Jumpin' Jack Flash, but he doesn't show up until like the very end of the movie. Uh, he talks to her. Uh, he talks to um, Whoopi Goldberg throughout the entire film. Like you you hear his voice as he's talking to her on the computer, which makes no sense, but. Uh, I guess in order to you know make sure to to give them that that identity, um, but I mean he, yeah you're right like he hasn't I think he probably has done some leading roles for like British uh, productions and stuff but not necessarily American ones. Um, yeah, but um, he should but you know I mean uh, it's kind of like I mean there's so many people out there you know what I mean like it's really hard right. to like be the lead of a movie unless you're kind of the lead of an independent film or something you know what I mean. Because right. it's know, just it's, it's tough. Yeah, I know he did a series of car commercials like in the '80s or early '90s. Um, I forget what car company it was for, but he did a series of commercials for them. Um, it was it was like it was like a it was it was like a classy. It wasn't like BMW. It was something like BMW, but it wasn't BMW. But it was like for like a series of classy uh, classy like uh, like rich people sedans or something. Because he has that nice. voice. Like he has that 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 really nice voice. Um, but yeah, I, 
thinking of you know thinking of get, going back to Brazil real quick. I'm just thinking about it right now. I think I don't hate Brazil. I like it okay. I think right. the reason why I think the reason why it does, I I don't like it as much is because going into it, I expected the same kind of uh, whimsy that was in Time Bandits and in uh, Adventures of Baron Munchausen. And the problem is, is the stark, awful reality is too, uh, is too in your face. Like all of the all of the fanciful stuff is all in his head, whereas in the other two movies, all of the fanciful fantasy stuff is real. Like it's really happening. Uh, you know, with 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 the kid going through time, with the you know with the with the with all the little people, uh, and then then Baron Munchausen. You know, even though they're telling stories, they're also kind of living these stories as well. Um, and in and in, in both cases, there's kind of a happy ending. Whereas in and that's and that, that's probably why the fiat, they they had the theatrical cut with the happy ending is because the test audiences probably felt the same way. They're like, what the hell is this? This isn't the Perry Gilliam movie that we were expecting. And I think that's part of it. I think it's one of the reasons why I didn't it didn't quite gel with me as much as I had hoped because it's it's a darker film. It's not a happy film. Uh, much you know, unlike the other two. And so I kind of expected all of them to kind of be. Uh, kind of uh, thematic soulmates, and they really and that, and that one is just like it's like the Temple of Doom of of the of the trilogy. <laughs> like, right. If that makes sense, um, you know, no, everybody. Totally it's the same thing with like the Indiana Jones trilogy. Everybody wants Raiders and everybody wants Last Crusade because everything is all up and happy, and you know the Nazis never really are. But then you have Temple of Doom, which is right smack dab in the middle, and it's darker, and it's and it feels more. Um, uh, isolated and it may, and it feels more desperate and it feels more like like hopeless. Um, whereas the other two, you never really like. That. Indy's always in a jam. Indy's always in a jam, but you never feel for a second like, oh my god, he's not going to make it. In Temple of Doom, you're like, oh my god, they're all going to die. Like, and it's, it's the same thing with Brazil. I in Brazil, it just it, it felt like such a hopeless film. Even with the guy, you know, go, going into Jonathan Price's, you know, imagination as he's flying around trying to save this woman in his, in his, in his, you know, imagination and stuff, it's such a hopeless film. Uh, whereas the other two mm-hmm. at least offer glimmers of hope, um, and I think that's one of the reasons why. I think that's, I think it's exactly it. So, um, yeah, well, we should move on to other like stuff I said, though. Just we, also, we... Empire Strikes Back did that too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, where it was like right. in the middle of like a trilogy and it right. you know it, it it has to continue to the next one so there has to be something where it's kind of sad you know or whatever mm. it's not like uh you know it's not like a happy go lucky um you know one or whatever and then right. the then the third one takes over and becomes more you know sure. so i think that was wonderful for if even though it was not in it's not an official trilogy uh, Adventures of Baron Munchausen did was kind of more of the happy, you know, one sure. than um, the other one. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about because um, he had done Fisher King with Robin Williams and Twelve mm-hmm. Monkeys. He's done a junk load of films. Like we were just kind yes. of scraping the, the the you know, and we I didn't even get into Jabberwocky because I don't want to. Um, I kind yeah, of I, don't, I actually haven't. I <laughs> what? You know, actually, that's that's the other one that I haven't seen. I have not seen Jabberwocky. Yeah, it is. I was excited because I love Alice in Wonderland, so I was thinking right. it had something, you know, like because that's the creature from Alice in Wonderland, but or through the Looking Glass, right. 
So I was like excited and then I watched it and I was just like like it's cool cuz they use the animation from like the Monty Python or whatever and sure. you know stuff but it's just it is so not good. <laughs> it is not it's not a good movie. Um honestly. Uh well, it's one of the earliest attempts it. so Sure. Yeah, I would watch it just to say I've I've seen it or whatever if you want to be a uh, aficionado of uh, Terry Gilliam's films, you know, mm-hmm. but um, other than that, I don't think I don't think you'll. I, I think if you didn't like Brazil like I didn't like Brazil, I think we probably got about the same kind of um, you know feelings on on these you know films that he's. Done. Yeah, most likely, yeah. Uh, but uh, like I said, he's done Fisher King, Twelve Monkeys. Fear and Loathing. I'm going to read uh, read all his uh, things right now, so if audience members have not seen any of these films. Uh, he's also done Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, The Brothers Grimm, Tideland, The Imaginarium of Dr. I always screw that name up. Par- Parnassus. 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 Uh, yeah. Yeah, that one. Um, <laughs> Zero <laughs> Theorem and The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. So, um, as far as those go. Um, I was not a fan of the Brothers Grimm, honestly. Um, I thought really? it was okay. Oh wow! So maybe we'll have some, you know, things. I just I thought it was okay. Um, I I got kind of bored halfway through. Um, you know, and then I don't know. Maybe it just maybe once again maybe it's one of those things that I'll watch it some other time and enjoy it more. But at the time right. that I watched it, I just I was not into it. I I love Heath Ledger and I love uh was it Matt Damon, um right I love them both but I was not I just was not uh into that movie um what, so you liked it I I enjoyed it well enough like it was it was a, for me it was a fun you know kind of um uh, adventure horror you know comedy kind of film I, I enjoyed it enough like it's it's not one that I keep on rotation like i don't i've I've seen it like i think maybe twice it's not one that i would revisit um and i I guess i guess that's saying something on itself like i i thought it was i didn't think it was mediocre i thought it was just above mediocre i thought it was decent enough like i said i enjoyed it in theaters um i would i would watch hansel and gretel with jeremy renner uh more often than i would the brothers Grimm, and they're very very similar um in in uh uh in theme and in 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 uh um uh, in makeup, um, in story and stuff like that. But I mean, it was all right. Like, um, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it when I watched it, but it was one of those things where I don't need to see this again, you know? And like I said, if I, I actually own, um, Hansel and Gretel on Blu-ray, but I don't own Brothers Grimm. I would watch Hansel and Gretel multiple times. Cause I really love that movie a lot. So yeah. yeah. Um, it, I, I don't, I don't disagree with like, I think I like Brothers Grimm more than you, but I'm also kind of understanding where you're coming from because it's at the end of the day, it's definitely not something that stands out as far as a Terry Gilliam film. He's done much better things. Yeah, it feels like a Terry Gilliam uh, paycheck. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah, like when I watched. Cause yeah, it just didn't feel, I can see that. You know, it didn't have that wacky. Uh, you know, it it also felt and I mean and and you know. Uh, disagree if you if you will, but it felt like he was constricted to making a more mainstream film. Either he wanted to make something more mainstream, or he decided 
Like, because his stuff's not necessarily, like, you know, mainstream, like, in the sense of, like, uh, a big uh, Hollywood movie. You know what I mean? So sure. I, I feel like that was just more like him either trying to do something that, like, everybody else would have done or something that he felt was, I don't know, was, like, uh, that he was told he had to do it like that. You know, he couldn't go I think off you're, I think craziness. Well, I, I think you're right, and and I I not I don't remember for certain, but the thing about Terry Gilliam is, um, he I think it was more of a paycheck movie, and I'm almost positive I remember reading about that somewhere. Um, I, I don't have it on uh, on hand, but um, because that would have been right around the time that he would have been trying, because I mean he's been trying to make uh, the man who killed Don Quixote uh, forever. Um, you know, that's, that's been a passion project of his. And the problem with that is, is as a concept film, nobody really wanted it at first. And of course, when he did try, when he finally did get the money to make it, everything went disastrous. And the, Mm -hmm. you know, they ended up having to, they ended up having to file an insurance claim and everything. And then, so trying to get it made again. And I think, I, I believe I'd have to look this up, but I'm almost positive that you're right. I think the brothers Grimm was a paycheck film that he had made in order to try to help finance uh, another go at the man who killed Don Quixote, um, which, and that's, and that's the thing, like Terry Gilliam, he, he has such a, such an interesting imagination and he has, he's such a unique mind and he's such a unique filmmaker that trying to get his ideas to sell is really, really tough. Uh, a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Now, granted some, in some cases, just, you know, the name Terry Gilliam is enough. But then in other cases, it's like, okay, you're, you're Terry Gilliam, but what the hell are you trying to sell me? What pitch is this? I don't get it. And so he's got to push a little harder, and sometimes he's got to try to make money. And that's the thing. Like, he's, he's, such, a, he's such a unique uh, individual when it comes to filmmaking that, you know, that's just it, – it's harder for him. And so sometimes he's got to make that paycheck movie in order to finance the, the, the project that he wants to do. And it doesn't always work out, right. you know. Um, or, or in some cases – he doesn't get the budget that he wants, and so he has to really, really cut it down and make a more uh, intimate film than what he had hoped for. You know, not something that's not nearly as ambitious as you want it. Um, so I, I think you're right. I, I, I'm pretty certain at the end of the day, the Brothers Grimm was a paycheck film to help uh, try to get Don Quixote out of mothballs and back in, in production like he wanted. Um, I, and, right. I, and like I said, it was okay. It was okay. Like you know, Matt Damon and Heath Ledger were, were fine in it, and like I said, but at the end of the day. I would watch Hansel and Gretel over that uh, again anytime because I think it's the, the, the Hansel and Gretel is a stronger film, um, but it's all right. I mean, they can't all be pearls. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, in the next season, we'll have to do Terry Gilliam Part Two, but um, and talk about probably some of the other films that we're just not going to be able to touch on because sure. in forty-five minutes we're not able to do that. Um, but Absolutely. I do want to talk about the man who killed Don Quixote and. His Lost in La um, documentary. Uh, so you just watched uh, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, actually, I just watched it uh, yesterday afternoon. Uh, I actually, I, you can rent it from Amazon Prime for 99 cents right now. 99 um, cents. Holy cow. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. Like, yeah. They really watched this movie. I think so. You know what really sucks uh, is uh, a couple months ago, uh, they were putting uh, the man who killed Don Quixote out in theaters for a limited engagement, and it was a special it was a special event that they were doing with Fathom Events, 
Um, and uh, I actually bought a ticket to go see it in the theater. Uh, and unfortunately, when I got to the theater, we were sitting there, and we were sitting there, and we were waiting and waiting and waiting, and uh, it, was, it was like past the time for the movie to start, and we're like, what the hell's going on? And finally, this lady came in and said that they couldn't, because apparently, I guess it was being shown across the country, So, but apparently they couldn't, some reason they were having problems, they couldn't tie into the feed so that we could watch it. So I ended up missing out, uh, which was, because this is a movie that I've been wanting to see since I first heard about it like 20 years ago. Uh, back when it was supposed right. to be, you know, um, uh, it was supposed to be um, um, Johnny Depp and, and uh, uh, I can't remember the old man's name. Um, but, you know, and I saw the documentary that they that they did about it, um, Lost in La Mancha, uh, which, you know, got to see the, some of the footage. And, you know, everything that I had seen in the documentary just made me want to watch this movie more. Like, I just want to see it more. You know, yeah. so many false starts and, and so many attempts that failed. You know, I never thought we were actually ever going to get this movie, and we finally did. And I, I, I watched it yesterday, and I have to admit, I liked it. I really liked it. I, it's an interesting movie because it doesn't quite have as much of the comedic side of things that is normally uh, that you normally see, and like the, you know, just the the sat the, the well the satire is there. But the the humor aspect of the satire is really not present. There are, I mean, there are there are a few moments of, of of funny things. There are a couple of scenes here and there where it's a little bit of comedy or whatever. But it's really played more serious than anything I've seen. Well, I, I can't say that either because Twelve Monkeys exists. <laughs> so, um, but um, it's a it's a really weird flick, and that's saying something considering it's Terry Gilliam. Um, but I actually ended up really, really liking it. Um, it, it actually, in a lot of ways, it reminded me of the Fisher King because there's very similar themes going on there. It's about a guy who basically is fucked up. You know, he's got himself into trouble and he's trying, and then at the end of the day, he's trying to save somebody else. Um, you know, it's the same thing with Fisher King. Jeff, you know, Jeff Bridges is, is a, is a radio shock jock, you know, who basically ruined this guy's life. And now he's like, Oh my God, I want to save you. Uh, I want to try to make it all better and, and, and make up for what I've done. And this is no, not, this isn't much different. Like apparently, you know, basically the basic gist is that um, Kylo Ren, uh, what the hell's his name? Adam Driver. <laughs> I'm Adam Driver. Thank you. I'm blanking on names tonight. Holy crap. I must, I, I need like B12 or something. But, anyway, but you so remember Adam, Adam Driver Ren. plays, yeah. Uh, Adam Driver plays this director. Uh, he, they're making a commercial uh, basically where the theme is Don Quixote. And he's running into issues. He's having some creativity problems trying to do the shots. He's, he, it's, it's almost like he's kind of out of juice. He's out of steam. Um, and so he finds an old copy on DVD of a student film that he did like 10 years ago, 10 years prior when he was in college, uh, of Don Quixote that he had done. And so he watches it, and it basically starts to inspire him. And he, you know, and causes him to want to go like soul searching and try to find the people that were that were involved to kind of spark some kind of creativity in, in him again to do some more stuff. Because uh, the guy who's producing it uh, basically tells him, he's like, yeah, use this, like use the stuff that's in this movie to to you know to put it in the put it in the or put it in the commercial or whatever. But what ends up happening is he ends up going on this really weird adventure where he ends up getting in trouble with the law and he gets he ends up on the run and he ends up finding. The, the 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 shoe maker that he had cast for that black and white film for that student film played by Jonathan Price, 
but he's gone nuts. He actually believes he's Don Quixote. He basically has gone into the same madness well that Don Quixote did in the book. And he ends up following this guy around as Pancho, quote-unquote, and going on these really weird adventures mm-hmm. and stuff. And at the end of the day, he finds that his purpose is to save this actress's life who he ruined. Um, and at the same time, which is another theme in Terry Gilliam films, toppling this regime, uh, you know, toppling the, the, the man, so to speak. That's, that's usually one of the main themes in a Terry Gilliam film is the, the main characters are always trying to topple some type of, of main person, like, like main government or something of that nature. And so in this case, this is a Russian guy who's basically controlling the land that they're filming in, and he's a real ass. Um, mm-hmm. But it's really, really good. I actually, I actually enjoyed it a lot. I, um, I was surprised. I didn't think I was because, like I said, it doesn't there's, – there, there are a few moments of comedy here and there, but it doesn't really have that whimsical comedic bent like a lot of his other stuff. But I thought the performances were really good. Um, I, I, I did get confused there for a second because Terry Gilliam does have a tendency to go in and out of a person's mind. And you don't know which is which because you'll 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 be set in reality, and the next thing you know, something really weird or something like surrealistic happens, and you're not sure if it's really happening or if it's in the person's mind until later. And sometimes you won't even tell you. Sometimes you just, it's up to interpretation. And there was a couple of moments in this mm-hmm. where I was like, "Wait, what? What is happening right now? Is this real? Like, is this really happening? Or is this in his head?" Um, right. I ended up figuring it out. But at the end of the day, I actually enjoyed this movie a lot. I, you know, it's. What twenty thirty years in the making? Finally, we get to see the 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 final, and I was pleased. I I thought it was really well done. Um, there there's there's a few uh, there's a few there's a few areas where I feel like they could have expanded a little bit more. Uh, I wouldn't say there's plot holes, but there are certain uh, plot threads that kind of don't really get any real payoff. Uh, the kinds of stuff dangling and stuff, little minor things. But other than that, like I I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. I only got to see half the movie. I feel bad. Um, you know, uh, I was watching some of it today, and it's just no. I mean, and, and hey, it's not because I didn't like it. Trust me. It's like this whole week has been very distracting with a lot of stuff going on. Sure. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, I was like, and and we all, like, and we came up with this just so everybody knows. We kind of came up with this. Uh, Alfred unfortunately had to tell us like a week ago that he couldn't make it. Uh, for this, right. this thing, which is fine. I mean, it happens. You know, it happens a lot when, especially when you're, you know, you got one day and, and things come up. You know, and and sure. you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta Life make happens. It, make it do. Right. Yeah. Um, we're definitely doing. I mean, whether or not he comes next next month, um, we're doing uh, Planet Eight Center Gear. Like, if he has to miss out, he has to miss out. But that's you know, uh, we give him one strike. You know, because I know he was excited about that one too. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I, I am it. too. No. Um, but yeah, so, uh, but the thing is we came up with this like really like randomly and I was, I gave a list of movie, uh, directors, uh, for Donnie to pick and, uh, Donnie picked Terry cause you know, we're both fans and plus he wanted to watch, I mean, it was an excuse to watch the man who killed Don Quixote and I was it like, really oh was. yeah, and I was going to watch it last night with my friend, but my friend who always comes over he ended up uh, – he always he hates movies that are over two hours because we don't have a lot of time, you know, because he, yeah. he has to work in the morning. So uh, he couldn't watch one. And I was like, oh, I'll just watch it tomorrow night. And if I were to tell anybody to do one thing, don't push things off. Don't. Don't say, oh, right. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it the next day or whatever. 
because that that day will come and you'll be like, oh, I'll do it the next. You know what I mean? Or I'll I'll do it later. And I literally should have watched it last night before I went to bed at least. Um, but what I saw of it so far was wonderful, and I can't wait to to finish it off because I think I got a whole month to watch it um, to finish it or something. I don't know. I, I maybe it's, seven days or something. It, it's interesting because I don't want to spoil anything. It's it's kind of a happy ending, but it's kind of not. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's really it's I wouldn't say it's unique in in, a, in, in as far as Terry Gilliam endings are concerned, but it's definitely it's it's really interesting because you you kind of you kind of are given a happy ending, but you're kind of not, and it's 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 kind of right. it's a bittersweet it's a bittersweet happy ending. I'll put it that way. Uh, but I thought it was executely I, I thought it was excellently executed. Um, Adam Driver is amazing. Uh, he really he Adam Driver carries that whole movie on his shoulders. He really really does. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's like, he's the focus of that entire film, and. And he's he's a great actor anyway. I mean, not even talking about Star Wars. I'm talking about some of the other stuff that he's done. Uh, the man is an amazing actor. Um, and so he was given the bulk of the work. He was given the bulk of the workload in this film. And um, and he pulled it off. Like he like that, you know, because you're following him the whole time. In a lot of cases, he's he's on his own, basically giving you know large amounts of mo- of, of, of of well, he's monologuing a lot because there's nobody else to talk to. Um, but he's so good. Like you're, it's weird. You kind of hate him at first. He's kind of an asshole at first, but, or at least in my case, I, I won't speak for anybody else, but he's kind of, he, he very, very much comes off as an asshole when you first meet him. But I find yeah. myself endeared to him by the end. He really has this huge turnaround where he's become like, he realizes, like I said, very much like the Fisher King. Like he realizes, you know, he he has this huge turnaround. He realizes what he needs to do. He tries to become the hero, um, and I won't say how it ends up, but uh, yeah, I I just it, it's such a great flick. I I would definitely I would definitely own this one. Um, as far as Terry Gilliam nice. films go, I would definitely own this one. Um, it, I think it, it's, it's, it's definitely seems like a movie that would be perfect for Blu-ray. Honestly. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it's I I, I don't want to buy it digitally. Unless I have to, um, but uh, but yeah, I, I I really enjoyed the movie all the way through. Um, there's definitely a lot of weird things that happen in the film that I'm just like, what the hell's going on here? Uh, but that's standard Terry Gilliam stuff anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. He he really likes to it's play just part with. Of the course. Oh yeah yeah yeah. He he really you know like I said he likes to play with with the mixture of reality and fantasy, and he likes to make you know his viewers question you know, the two, you know, scratch their heads going, what, what am I watching right now? Is this really happening or is this a dream? Is this, you know, what kind of world are we in? Um, but it's, it was good. I really enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was well worth the wait. Um, you know, other people's uh, uh, experiences may vary, but, you know. Because you'll have to find I, out for I, yourself I, when you rent uh, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote on uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, ninety nine cents, so everybody. Ninety nine cents. Ninety nine cents. We, you know, we're not we're not sponsored by Amazon, but go buy it. Seriously, and then sponsor <laughs> us, Amazon. Um. So, um. So I I guess we're almost at the last like five minutes or so. So uh, this is generally the time where we kind of uh, say what we're up to and kind of give people links and fun stuff like that. So, uh, if you want to follow us, uh. 
H L L Y W O O D B L V D Pod, I think is the Twitter. Uh, just look up Hollywood Boulevard Podcast on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and uh, also I'll be doing – I'm trying to do some more stuff with the com page, and Hollywood Boulevard Podcast is on there. I'm going to try to put some more information and news and cool stuff going up there uh, fairly soon. It's just going to take me uh, probably another month to get everything completely, you know, perfect but i i am i started working on on that today so check out sickclickproductions.com uh right now it's got the list of uh what's gonna the podcasts that are happening and the video casts that are happening right now uh for next month you know the, the the schedule of when everything comes out so look for that um and uh donnie uh tell us what have you been up to um well i mean doing a lot of filming for darkstone uh currently uh, we're in the middle of uh, filming um, a film that John and I came up with together called The Frights. Uh, it's going to be kind of an anthology nice. horror film. Um, I play one of the leads, and I'm also the executive producer. Um, we uh, we finished half of that uh, a couple weeks ago, and I think we're going to be finished filming the rest of it here in September. Um, also, as always, uh, episodes of Dr. Elemental uh, are up on Amazon uh for rent yeah um so we're we're doing another one of those in september um i think we're up to episode three or four at this point um and then i got a i got another podcast project that i'm doing with my friend rob nicholson uh really great guy uh it's called the r&d project it's going to be coming soon uh we're we're filming or we're recording the first episode this thursday uh i'm not sure when it's coming out it shouldn't be too much long after that uh, we already have a website. It's basically on anchor.fm. Uh, it's called the R&D Project. Uh, and it's funny because it's, it's, it, it means – because it's, it's – he originally wanted to call it the, the Rob and Donnie Project. And I was like, why don't we call it the R&D Project because then we can also do the double, the double meaning with, like, research and development, which is basically a lot of our talk is going to be about the behind-the-scenes stuff of horror films and everything because it's really – we're going to focus a lot oh, on horror. nice. Um, and, and on top of that, we're, when – when we do talk about other types of pop culture genres, when we when we do get into like uh, like uh, sci-fi and everything, we're going to look at it through a horror lens. Uh, an example cool. of that is is we're going to actually we're actually going to talk about He-Man, but we're going to talk about it from a horror perspective. Uh, and like some of the some of the episodes had had kind of a horror bench. We're going to look at like like Skeletor himself and how much he's very much a very ghastly looking type of villain, um, and things like that. We're we're basically going to take the horror lens to pretty much anything that we can and take to try to look at it a little bit differently uh, than when, than what most people would think. And, but we're going to mostly focus on horror films, but when we do, um, but yeah, uh, if you go to our webpage, the anchor uh, on anchor.fm, the R and D project, we have our opening, uh, our opening um, is, is on there for you to listen to right now. So you can hear what it's going to sound like when, it, when, when the introduction happens, but uh, that's nice. it for now for me. Okay, cool. So, um, I've got uh, I've still got a ton of podcasts. So like I said, you can find them out on SickFlakeProductions.com. Find out more information on them. But uh, they are the Indie Film Cafe, uh, Horror Blood and Coffee, um, was it uh, Writers Process Podcast, um, and uh, Frights the Roundtable, all the podcasts. And then there's uh, I mean obviously this one too. And then there's uh, uh, 
Film Freaks TV and Criterion Watch, which are uh, video pod, uh, video casts so, uh, on YouTube. So check those out. Um, and I'm also if, if if I didn't have enough ones that I was co-hosting or hosting or whatever, uh, decided to do another one. But we're not going to be announcing it till next uh, till Friday. So tune in for that. Um, I'm going to be announcing a new podcast, which is going to be strictly out. I guess you'll find out. I guess I, I don't want to say anything <laughs> yet. Um, not till uh, not until Friday, but Friday will be telling people. So far, people have I've talked to about it and, and told that uh, told about it that people give me a big thumbs up. So thank you guys uh, for checking this out tonight. Uh, next month uh, with Planet of the Apes. Hopefully, Alfred will be back, and we'll have a we'll have a blast. I'm excited. I'm gonna do some research, do some ape research. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Everybody have a great night. Bye. Have a good night, everybody. Bye, Donnie. See you. Bye.